This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. love to start off with your journey, you know, in the space, because I feel like you were kind of like right at the forefront of camming. And you now obviously, you know, you've become huge in that world. So I would just love to know, like, what's the story? Well, um, you know, I didn't even know what camming was when I first started. Um, okay. It, it, I stumbled upon it because financially I, I, I needed to make ends meet. And yeah. Oh my goodness! It. I'm just trying. I'm. I'm thinking right now. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Well, it's because, been like ten years, right? Yeah, it's been ten years. So just wow. thinking about when I even just my first log, and I had no clue what I was doing. So yeah. learning everything from like literally point zero, probably even like I had I I had really no clue, but to what I know now, it's like oh my gosh, such it's been so many transitions mentally and also professionally um oh my god I like I don't know where to start whenever well, I, I feel talk like about it's that. it was it was probably hard to 10 years ago because it's like now there's so many resources with like reddit and even just generally like youtube or google and I feel like 10 years ago the amount of like resources resources there was online was far and few between so it was probably so much of just having to like work as you go and learn as you go, right? There probably weren't that many places where you could go and like just search, you know, like how to do this or best tips or whatever. You know, I, the thing is there there maybe might have been. I just, I was not exposed to the industry at all. So I didn't know where to find those if they were out there. Yeah. And I think along the way, I think I might've been like a couple months in or several months into camming before. I, I didn't even know I was under a studio. And somebody from the studio reached out to me because I, I guess I was doing well. I was winning contests and stuff. So once they kind of saw that, then somebody reached out to kind of help me more or like to help me, not even more, like to just start helping me understand a little bit more about the camming, the member side, like the process, like, I don't know, just the, the layout, how the website works. I didn't even know what website I was on. 
I like I, I didn't know where to go to even see myself. I, it was that like I was clueless. Um, and so yeah, from that studio, I ended up um, leaving that studio and working direct for the website. I ended up being the website's first female brand ambassador. And yeah, I also from that, it opened up so many other opportunities in the adult industry that if I never started camming, I would have never had that opportunity um, to work in something that was kind of intersected with other things um, that weren't related to camming. So for example, I've been able to do things within the music industry. I've been able to do things within um, the performer community. I've been able to work uh doing events uh, all over the country and all over the world even. So speaking on panels, seminars, trying to teach other people things that I did not know. So yeah, even now it's still, I'm still learning, still going. Well, that's the thing I think about, I mean, the internet in general, right? But specifically like, you know, anything that involves like sexuality or sex work, it's changing all the time. It's like, it feels like I feel like I learned something new every single day because it's so fluid and changing. And then on top of that, like the internet and technology is constantly changing. So there's always something to learn for even, you know, a veteran like you who's been in it 10 years. 100%. I, I completely agree. I mean, I still feel like it's the beginning sometimes with some things. I'm like, oh my God, a new project is starting. It just feels like something brand new. Absolutely. So you you started mostly because you just needed money and you were like, well, this could be a way to make money. And you kind of went in just like not really knowing what you were doing, but you were already, it seems like even without knowing you were doing well enough that you were like catching the attention of these platforms and studios. Mm-hmm. I think um, I'm trying to think like aside from consistency, which is just being logged in, basically treating it like a a regular job quote-unquote regular job and putting in hours yeah but there's definitely more to just putting in hours there's like a sometimes it's a mental game with some of these people sometimes it's something that you have to learn whether it's somebody's sexual preference or um, something even with yourself that you learn like sexually sexually empowering yourself it doesn't even have to be sexual it can be I've been motivated so much I'm very open when I'm on cam especially when when I'm in private when I'm with my top customers and so it even becomes an emotional thing where it's like either they rely on me to be there for them whenever they're going through things and if anything I think a lot of times it's me going through things and they're there for me also as well. So it goes beyond just that sexual connection. There's also a mental connection and it's so crazy. It's so crazy. Well, that makes sense because like you said, it's like if you're doing this full time, if you're doing it the right way, you're logging in a lot of hours. So you're spending a ton of time with these people. So it only feels natural that it would become a very intimate relationship on both sides. Yes. And and it also becomes a little mm, mm, dangerous is not the word that I'm looking for here. But, you know, sometimes because you get so intimate with somebody so close with someone, it creates um, almost like these these 
feelings when other people are around, let's say like in an open chat, like feelings of jealousy if there's other customers. And then sometimes there's some people that are super cool and they get along with other people and become friends in the room. So there's different dynamics to different people. Just like, it's so funny because it's just like navigating, you know, relationships in the real world. It's like you have to navigate their feelings and their you know, interests and quirks and, you know, maybe personality flaws and the things that make them really great and the things that you are are a little bit more difficult about them. And you have to do that, but on this way bigger level where you're kind of having to juggle multiple relationships. Uh Yeah. And you know what? Um, There's some performers, some cameras that, uh, you know, good for them. They can juggle a whole bunch of fans (laughs) Yeah. At, at the same time, you know, there's a lot of people using platforms where it's like they mass message everyone. And there's several people for me. Sure, there's like, you know, a lot of people, but I kind of I find myself making the most whenever I juggle no more than like five people um, that have more concentrated attention, I suppose just because it's so much it's so much um and maybe it's just because of the level of the intimate like connection to it's just it's it's different than if i were to separate all my attention to a whole bunch of people versus max i i try to just maximize that connection with fewer people instead Got it. So instead of small connections with lots of people, you try to do really deep connections with a smaller amount of people. Yes. It's a very like a girlfriend experience type of um, thing, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what I talk about a lot too, because I am on OnlyFans and a lot of times, you know, people always have questions and they're interested. And a big thing that I feel like I've learned is that it's funny enough, so much less sexual than I think people realize. It's so much more emotional. It's so much more about, you know, maybe someone is lonely or not very good at dating. And it's absolutely way more of like a girlfriend experience than like a, you know, fully just animalistic sexual experience. A lot of times it's just kind of like this relationship, this feeling that somebody is there to listen to you and to talk to and and to be there for you. And also, you know, it doesn't help that they're, you know, it helps that they're also like attracted to you and it's, it can be sexual and that's <laughs> fun, but it's not just that. It's like, absolutely. Like you said, like you nailed it. Like it's a girlfriend experience. Yes, girl. Yes, yes, yes. Everything you're saying, I'm like, mm-hmm. and then I guess knowing that you are also, I guess, familiar with how it kind of goes and runs it. Yes, it's much more than just a sexual experience. And even whenever it's offline, you take things offline, it's so much more when you like bring in your social media and they get to kind of follow a journey with you. Yeah, especially if you've been doing it for a long time, like you've been doing this for 10 years, you probably have certain people that have known you for a really long time. And I'm sure that's really hard too. not hard, but I'm sure it's like an interesting thing to navigate because over 10 years, you change a lot. Like I'm a different, you know, person than I was 10 years ago. And I'm sure you are too. So it's interesting to see how those relationships, you know, change too, as you change and become a different person. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Um, it's crazy that you're talking about change because I think change a lot of times for people is hard to go through. People either don't like change or it's just hard for them to like accept things are changing. And that that goes with a human, human being, but as well as the technology, like you mentioned a little bit earlier, the kind of technology that 
I've seen. And like, also it's, I just thought about right now, as you were saying, like the kind of technology my members and fans and customers have kind of also seen and been through that change with me, like from, I guess, since the beginning, since I started camming, right? So now I've been doing a lot of things in virtual reality and it's like, oh my gosh, like some of those top customers have never even had never even tried virtual reality before I kind of dip my toes in there. Yeah. For them to also kind of like kind of be going through that with me is it's fascinating and also very encouraging to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's kind of like you're learning together, like you're doing it to get you're experiencing it together for the first time. Yeah, that's it's so true. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. So can you explain a little bit about the virtual reality? Like, how does that work? Sure. Um, So um, on the platform that I – not all platforms support VR. um, Okay. And the way I stream in – I stream in VR and I also create content in VR. So the way that it works when I'm streaming is a 180 view. Um, They can only see, like, what's in front of the camera. And – it's kind of like being in a chat room or in a private show with me, but actually experiencing it in a completely different way. You kind of immerse yourself into, once you put you know, your VR headset on, you are in a completely different environment. It's a different reality, you know? And yeah. from my personal experience and from what I've heard, from the other end's experience is that it's like a game changer. Not everybody has access to, you know, newer technologies, but the people that I have heard from, I mean, I've said the story before. One time I was in a, I was not even in a show, actually. I was in open chat and I had, something was on the VR lens. And so it, you have to use a different camera whenever you're streaming VR. Okay. And I, I reached out because there's two lenses. And so on one side, there was like a smudge or something. So I was like wiping it so it'll be clear. And one of the guys that had a headset on was like, whoa. He's like, it totally just felt like you were like uh, rubbing his eyebrow or something, like reaching out for and touching his eyebrow. Wow. That's crazy. crazy, You know what I mean? So it's just like a more immersive experience. It's almost like they're there with you versus like the, you know, in a regular camming experience, I guess it's kind of obvious that it's like two people in different places with a camera, but with VR, it feels more like they're with you. Like it's like very immersive, kind of like more, maybe more, even more personal experience. It is. And you know, whenever, whenever you, the content I film in, like for clips and videos in VR are 360. So it's like you see the entire room at that point. And yeah. it kind of just, it's as if you're in the room with me. It's it's pretty cool. I mean, me, myself trying VR, it, it really is like if what you're seeing 
on the headset versus like if you're in a room, they say like have a lot of open space because you will run into something and, it'll, it, and it knocks you back into reality. In a yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Have you tried VR? I've never tried it. Oh my God. I'm like, okay, you're going to have to send me your address so I can send you something because you have to try. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. Go I know. I feel like I'm so late on it. I almost feel like scared. Like I'm like, I'm, it's so new that I'm like, oh my gosh, like how is this, is this going to be something where I like want to do it all the time? Like I'm become obsessed no. with it. No, they say to take breaks um, because it, what, what was it called? I forgot. They take breaks after so long of using VR. They're like, you know, your eyes get pretty sensitive to that makes uh, sense your, yeah and your head too I'm sure you, like you get a little I forgot what the word was but I do recommend like taking breaks in between like long VR using bursts I suppose uh yeah but it, it is good it is good to to cool it's cool to be in a different place but also in a different place <laughs> I don't know I don't know how to explain yeah. VR <laughs> It's well, it's one of those things that I think is so new. It's kind of like hard to explain, but the way you describe it, I mean, it sounds super cool. So you're doing VR and, but you're still doing the regular camming as well for people who maybe don't have access to that technology. Yes. And, and in my clips too, um, everything that I do in VR is also available to see in just regular HD standard, like regular, right? So everybody can still participate and see anything that I put out or I'm doing, but like you said, it, it is just a different experience once you add that other element. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. And then to take it back a little, would you mind describing like, just like camming 101, like how does it work? Is it like, is it like a platform kind of like, cause even I'm a little, you know, new to it's like, is it a platform kind of like OnlyFans where you have a, you know, you can like live stream, but there's also like a chat and you know, you're on for a specific amount of time. Okay. So I guess let me kind of break down a little bit. Um, so with camming, there's different major cam platforms. For example, um, tube sites, which are things such as Pornhub, RedTube, um, YouPorn. So YouTube is like a, is is a tube site, just like these other. Okay. Sites. With camming, there's different kinds of platforms: Blur for Free, Strip Chat. Cam4, CamSoda, and they're all their own separate entities, right? But um, some of them have contracts and you see ads, like whenever you go to a tube site that says like, you know, see this live cam girls, this and that, right? And so from these major platforms, whichever it is that you may be working with, you are either working direct or you are working under a studio. Um, okay. The experience is different depending on where you're located in the world even. Um, it's very different, the camming world in America, in the U.S. versus in internationally. Internationally? Yeah. Um, just because internationally, it is a majority studios. The majority of every of a whole bunch of people are studios and girls kind of start off in a studio and then they work their way out of a studio to where they can set up internet in their own home and be able to stream from their their own home right um and with that working in a studio every studio is different some 
studios have set schedules for girls where it's like, okay, you come in, they have wait lists uh, for some girls. And then there's some studios that are, the one that I was in was here in America. So it was a little different. It was more online based. So I would communicate with the studio people online. They were in a different state even. So everything is just based online mostly. And yeah, whenever you're in a studio internationally, and there's some like cam houses here in the US, but it's not as popular or prevalent. Um, but in those other cam houses, there's like tons of models, tons of performers um, waiting to cam or camming. And there's different incentives with different studios. And when it comes to the major platforms, uh, it is it is different, but my experience with major platforms is probably better. Um just because it kind of cuts out that middleman. Completely, and, yeah. Uh-huh. And then you also kind of have more freedom whenever you're not under contract. Uh, you definitely have a lot more freedom. And not all cameras have, um, let's say, another contract. Because when you do sign up, you have to sign, like, an agreement saying whatever all the content is there is. Like, you're going to be broadcasting, follow the rules. So uh, I guess my question is, like, what is the – what is the benefit of being with a studio? Like what do they essentially offer that people feel like it might be a better fit for them than doing it just strictly through the platform on your own? Okay. Um, so some of the things from, I'm just going to kind of name off the top of my head, different things studios have done. Um, one of them during the pandemic, they had um, one studio had a limo service for their uh, performers. So like they wouldn't have to take the bus. They wouldn't do anything. They would just go pick up all whoever has to work, whatever shift, take them to the studio and then take them back home in the limo. There's another studio. They do a lot of bonuses and contests for incentives. Um, when I was in a studio, I think one, one of the incentives that they had was like, if you broadcast 24 hour, uh, twenty like straight 24 hours, you get, uh, I forgot how much the bonus was, but I was like, I'm doing that. And so there's different kinds of things that studios become creative about to yeah. try and keep their models with them because it does get competitive. Models will move to other studios if they're not being treated, right? Got uh, it. So yeah. it's kind of like the difference between working for a company versus being freelance. In a sense, in a sense, yeah. Um, whenever you work for the company, it's still freelance, I would say. It's it's just different. Yeah, uh, it's a little more structured. You kind of have someone you have to almost like a little bit answer to, I suppose. You know what? Um, I feel it was the opposite for me. With the studio, there was definitely more of a, okay, I have to talk to and answer and do, you know, I was actually managing models even too at a point whenever I was working with the studio. And it's because the studio manager wanted models to be involved. They would really push you to want to be working. They want you because they make money from that. <laughs> so yeah, they really try to make that structure there with the platform. Well, it depends on the platform, the platforms I've had experience with. Um, I have thankfully been able to, I've learned because my first contracts, I, 
I wish I would have had somebody look over them a little bit better for me and yeah. know what we, I I think really- we've all had a situation in our lives where we were a little bit younger and we were like, meh, I wish that I maybe didn't sign that contract so quickly. <laughs> like just taking a minute to look over and really know helps. But even with a contract in place, it was kind of like, you know, I felt a little bit more free. I was already doing my own thing anyway, but um, I don't know. It was almost kind of like they kind of tapped my shoulder like, hey, do you want to do this and that? And yeah, I think saying yes to a lot helped um, helped me kind of build more of my brand within these the community. So it sounds like if somebody's new to this, it's it just takes a lot of trial and error and figuring out like, does a studio make sense for me? Does, you know what I mean? Which platform makes sense for me? And like, what does my schedule look like? And kind of just feeling it out until it feels right. Yeah. And also I think the percent um, matters to a lot of models too. Uh, platforms offer different percent payouts. So that that's a big major. Completely. That makes sense. And I'm guessing if you're with a studio, they also take a percentage. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got it. So yeah, I mean, I'm guessing there's pros and cons to everything, but I guess the nice thing about a studio is that there's a place for you to cam. And I'm, I'm guessing sometimes, you know, those capabilities are nicer, or the internet is better, or the quality of the cam is better versus some people might not just have that at home. Yeah, that yeah, that's definitely the case internationally more of the time. Um, for sure. <laughs> Got it. So do you feel do you ever feel like did you ever feel pressure in the beginning, like being kind of the first or like very early on? Because I know that's always kind of tough in any industry, but especially like in the adult industry, I always think of OnlyFans and the difference between people who were on the platform at the forefront when it was like kind of polarizing and everybody was talking about it versus now I feel like the stigma has kind of worn off and it's a little bit more, you know, common, a little bit more like societally accepted to be on OnlyFans or to be camming. But in the beginning, I feel like there was a lot more of a stigma. Was there like pressure in that way for you? Um, There is definitely pressure as far as I grew up in a very conservative family. So there yeah. was definitely a lot of pressure when it came to like, okay, being public or not even just not even public, just being open about what I do as a career professionally, because that yeah. stigma was is very embedded. I'm from Texas. And so here, it, especially growing up, around a small town. Yeah, I had to, I think, break through and I learned how to break through because I was starting to learn a lot more in the industry. Yeah. Learn a lot more about myself. I feel like the pressure for actually like, let's say like, quote unquote, performing, if that's what people want to call it was, I don't know, I feel like overall liberating I don't see like when I look on the past I'm like during that time in the beginning like I didn't know it was such a newer thing I didn't know how much things were going to change over time I you know there's been a lot of innovation since and mm -hmm. and so for me there was a lot more pressure in the beginning. I still feel pressure now whenever I'm like, oh, I need to do this for whatever it is more in a different kind of sense. It's a different kind of pressure, but it was a lot more toward the beginning before I 
I became comfortable telling myself even and being comfortable with myself doing what I do for work. Yeah. Do you, speaking of, you know, how much change has happened over the past few years, how do you feel about like the influx of people who are jumping into camming or online sex work and things like that over the pandemic? Because I know that's kind of a polarizing thing. There are a lot of mixed feelings. And I think it was something that a lot of people jumped into over the pandemic when they, you know, weren't working or they were stuck at home. Has that been something that's been, you know, cool for you to see? Has it been frustrating or, you know, how have you felt about that? I think um, mm, I can only think of it as a positive thing. Um, I mean, I can understand how some people might feel, um, let's say, the competition, right, uh, rising. Yeah. But I feel like how you're saying during the pandemic, especially, a lot of people, they had to become a little more accepting because maybe they were jumping into it or maybe they found out or knew somebody that was jumping into a sex work or adult industry type job or gig side hustle whatever you want to call it yeah it's kind of broken a lot of barriers you know um the blm movement the uh, me too movement just so much i think was going on during the last few years that even sex workers rights was a a, i think a really big thing Uh, and people i have been I think more so than not now in this modern era that people are a little more willing to even listen to what sex workers have to say. Yes, Um, absolutely. And I, I, I can appreciate that. Like, and it's because there's more people being like, um, what's the right word for it? There's more people being exposed to the adult industry and maybe even more exposed to, an insider like more of an inside view when they listen to other people talk about their experience in it completely it's like it feels less foreign now I feel like before it was this thing where it's like you could go your whole life and never meet somebody who does any sort of like sex work or online sex work or camming and now especially if you live in like a bigger young city like New York or LA or Austin or any of these places It's very, you know, common that you're going to run into someone who does that, whether it's their full-time job or on the side. And it does force you to kind of be like, okay, this is common. Like, this is everywhere. I'm going to know people and meet people. Maybe I should, you know, shed some of those stereotypes and kind of just listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes, um, for example, it can be somebody like myself that I, because I know I even had, I had complete, I was like, oh my gosh, like a grew up in a Catholic family. So it was like, oh, porn, bad. Oh, being sexual, bad. Oh, you can't have sex for it, bad. Like, you know, so if I I know like me, myself, if I can grow and learn from, from it, then there's hope for other people too. And there is the opposition, right? The ops where it's a completely different, like a lot more closed-minded and come come for the industry attacking actually um yeah i'm sure people have seen headlines you know and it happens over time it's happened over time since since i mean in the 70s people were attacking playboy you know so there's always gonna be there's always gonna be the the stigma i feel like um for the sex industry like among other things but it's for me and i hope 
anybody that's listening that's in the industry. I hope that coming together and just bringing more awareness to the realities, the behind the scenes, a lot of what goes on that people might not understand in the adult industry and might not understand when it comes to what goes on behind the camera. Yeah. Um, Just sharing that with more people and having more performers lead in spaces like technology, like making their podcasts, like, you know, anything that they can do to express themselves and help others as well. Bring that, bring that kind of peace to us because we need it. We need it. Absolutely. So for you, it's like the more the merrier because there's strength in numbers. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I love that. I mean, I completely agree. And another thing I love too is, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, but like, you know, as a, I'm, I'm very, you know, similar to you. I grew up in like a very um, traditional Cuban Catholic household. And like, as a Latino woman, it's like, I love, you know, your work spreading awareness around like the stigma and the Hispanic community is so strong. And I think like, it's so important to shed light on that and like dismantling that and like, you know, shedding light on, you know, Hispanic sex workers. Did, is that something you noticed like a need for right away? Like, was it something in the beginning where you were like, oh, like I want to be a voice and I want to represent and make sure that Hispanic women feel safe and heard in this world? No, that was not something that I thought that I, you know, before the industry, I was kind of not super politically active, but I, I did attend a lot of rallies, even in high school, you know, I did a walkout in high school. And I I love that. (laughs) I can't believe that happened. But um, yeah, you know, it's kind of just, it it kind of manifested and grew as I was going through things in the industry where I was like, when I first started, I remember, you know what, I have never told anybody this, actually. I remember when I you have to fill out your profile and it says like your ethnicity or whatever the, it said, race and ethnicity. Yeah. And um, I remember being like, what do I put? Like, do I even put that I'm, I think it was Hispanic on there or something. And I actually had first signed or filled out my profile saying I was just like half Hispanic and half, I think something that, cause I thought this was like a fake thing or something. And I was like, yeah. I'm, I love like anime. So I was like, uh, I'll just put like, I'm mixed and I'm like Japanese and Mexican or something because I was not like at that point, I guess like I'm, I'm proud to be a Latina. I'm proud to be Mexican. But the fact that I had to consider like what other people thought about me and my race, wow. and, like it's crazy to think about. And then now, cause there's so many things that have happened in the industry with people that are not of color where I, I open my eyes a lot more and I, I learned to like read things better as well. Um, and also to do my due diligence and to get to know somebody before I, especially if they're white, I know that sounds so bad, but I'm, you know, I've just been through too much and too many experiences. And maybe that's why I, and there's a lot of times where I'm like, no, like I shouldn't like, you know, I, I get nervous, you know, to speak on a panel or seminar. But if I look at a panel that I'm being asked to be on, and there's no other representation other than white people, I'm going to panel I'm gonna be on that like I ooh, and even like right now I'm like uh, I get goosebumps because I'm like I but I I I'm gonna try my best to talk about whatever topic it is but there needs to be more of us and I think and I've heard from other people's experiences as well that 
if, especially if they're white passing, that they don't even want to say that they're Hispanic because of the fact that, you know, they'll get less work because of the fact that the titling from when they, people who ever shoot, like, and if they don't have, if they don't have a say in what the title of the video that comes out in, like, I don't know, like, they don't want to be categorized under a very stereotypical thing when it comes to our community, right? Completely. And I think, you know, it's, I understand, you know, your apprehension and, and, and everything, but it's also so important to be like, you know, I think a lot of times people feel very on edge or they feel very kind of like, you know, they're like, well, I'm not, you know what I mean? It's like people, I think a lot of times are like, well, I'm not racist. Like, I don't even need to hear this. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I think it's okay to just be like, listen, this isn't me pointing the finger. This isn't me like judging anyone. I'm just here to give you my personal experience. Like, this is what I've experienced. It's my truth. And my truth is that sometimes it is harder. And even if you just sit quietly and listen and hear my perspective, and if it's a different perspective than you, then I've done my job of like spreading awareness that, Things aren't always as easy for some people. Yes, like yes, one like, and I I prefer experiences like that whenever there is somebody that is willing to just listen, yeah. to just listen and try. Because if just even if you say somewhere, and they don't have to take and remember every single thing that you say, but if there's something that they can take away, then or even later on, like how what's that saying? It's like you plant the seed, and then like it starts growing, right? Because yeah maybe subconsciously something happens. But I also am like, there have definitely been points where I'm like, I have to call somebody out. I have to voice myself. Like I have to, you know, it might not be the most comfortable situation, but you know, if you're going to be there and say, you're not a racist while you're being a racist, like I'm going to let you know how I feel about that. Like (laughs) whether you're quiet or not. And I think a lot of times people think it's black and white when the truth is there's a lot of gray area. Like there's a lot of like, of course, maybe you're not being like, you're not trying to be openly inherently racist, but maybe you just didn't know. You didn't understand how this would affect me as someone of color. And so I'm just here to kind of explain to you like, hey, you might not know this, but like, here's why what you did or said was wrong or why you're kind of like feeding into this stereotype. And now we can kind of move forward from there. I hope Yes. And you know, I would hope that, and there's some people that I think are, that can and do um, learn from that. And there's some people that aren't quite there yet. They maybe need right. a little bit more help. Um, exactly. And the thing too is I think it's especially, I'm sure you, like, it's like so much harder too in the adult industry that kind of does rely on like a lot of stereotypes and like buzzwords and keywords and like you know, enticing words to like get people in. It's like, it's so hard when you're kind of trying to find this balance between like, this is my job. I need to like make money. I need to market myself, but I also don't want to fall into these harmful stereotypes. Like that's probably such a hard place to be. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I feel like it's uh, a lot harder for porn performers. Yeah. My, like my best friend, she, she's been doing a lot more mainstream stuff. Oh my goodness. Like she tells me a lot of stories, you know, and I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Like I feel, I feel for her. And I'm glad that we can relate though, in a sense that like, Hey, it's not just me being crazy. Like it's really something wrong with how they're treating you or how they just titled this video they put out of you. Or, uh, it's so deeper than just that, even just getting work. Right. Right. It's so much. 
Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it's, it's very, it's a hard kind of like balance I'm sure to find. And also speaking of bigger, like porn platforms, forgive me if this, if this is a dumb question, but how does no. camming and like bigger porn platforms like Pornhub, for example, coincide? Because I know you have like a Pornhub page, but it seems like it's more like lifestyle and like a look inside of like your life and work. So like, how do those, how do those two things kind of like come together? How did they collide? Um, for me, um, the, actually the webcam platform before I became like active with Pornhub and before they were a client of mine, the cam platform <laughs> asked me to create a, an account on Pornhub. Okay. And I was like, okay, sure. Oh my gosh, this is going to be crazy actually to say, I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you the tea. So oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they asked me to create my, uh, performer profile, whatever, and they have to uh, verify it, right? You have to send in your ID. And so they got that set up, right? And I I had that account for a little bit. And I remember the cam company saying like, yeah, you know, we can upload like videos on there for you if you tell us. Um, I forgot. I don't even know. So I was like, okay, there might have been like one or two that I was like, oh, hey, can this be uploaded on there? And they did it real quick. But little did I know, I was I was not receiving and all of the funds that were views from that video, anything that was accumulated, which I will say it, it is a minuscule amount of money, but it is money that accumulates yeah. after amount of views was not, you know, I wasn't receiving those funds. It was whoever set up that account from the platform. So the platform essentially was making that money and what these companies wow. do, what these live cam platforms do when you go to these tube sites like for example ones i was naming earlier they monetize off of cam performers clips and shows um and a majority a large majority of cameras do not even know this is happening uh who i don't i can't even say how many times that you know i've had a friend that they're like oh my god like I guess curiosity kind of gets them and they're like, let me go search my name on the internet. Right. And see what right. pops up. And it's like, you know, what some people would think like, Oh, it's pirated content. Oh, it's like, you know, these people took my video. They uploaded it here on this tube site. When in actuality, you know, the cam platform probably selected a video from your VODs and uploaded it onto whatever platform they they have a contract or are affiliated with and monetize and you know technically whenever and at the beginning of when we started talking I was saying you know you sign agreements whenever you sign up to a platform and it's essentially yeah. giving up all your rights to your content and this platform owns it right so they can i suppose in that in a legal contract kind of way do that but is it right? No, especially when they're completely aware of what they're doing. And they actively, they actively, I know for a fact, actively, they try to not get those things taken down when a performer reaches out. And I'm not saying it's every single company, but when yeah. a performer reaches out and is like, hey, you know, these videos were leaked, like, can you take it down? Where the company is like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, we can get that taken down, like DCMA type shit. Yeah. And they go to whoever it is that's working with them to take content down and they say hey 
here's these links, take these videos down from this performer, but don't take all of the videos that you find down. Only take the ones that they sent you links for down. Wow. And like, okay, maybe because I've said it before, but like, I remember when I was, and it just kind of hit me, like, okay, like there's a completely other side to this business. Right. I, you know, I had to learn about, and I did learn about. That is so insane. So a lot of times I'm sure there are girls who sign up, they're thinking it's just going to live on this one campsite without realizing they're actually signing away right, not only rights and privacy, but money, because then these, you know, they're actually basically giving these campsites permission to take their content and monetize it on other bigger platforms without their permission. Yep. And you know what? I will say the great thing about Pornhub was whenever I reached out and kind of, I suppose, asked about the issue, they're like, you know, let me look into the account, whatever. And sure enough, the account was signed, like it was redirecting whatever. And it said at, and it was like the platform and they changed it for me. So now I receive any, whatever, if anything accumulates, right. I receive those funds from platform from Pornhub now. But yes, it might be a lot of lifestyle type stuff, but it's still, it's still, you know, accumulate content yeah I was like it's my content I was like it's my content and it's my my money like whatever it is. and it's just so the the thing that was so wrong is the shadiness to do it behind your back and not say exactly anything. you know no transparency about it at all yeah that's it's so tough too especially like you said for somebody who's coming on and doesn't really understand yet because there is so much to learn mm-hmm. you know it's like the last thing they're thinking is like oh I'm signing a contract that's you know actively working against me it's just it's so much there's, it seems like there's just so much to learn before kind of jumping into it. Yeah, I know. And, you know, there's some girls, it's crazy. Um, as I've spoken on, like, you know, at different places, there's some people in the audience that haven't even started camming yet. They're there learning before they start camming. And I'm like, oh, my God, if only I would have done that. <laughs> like, or if I would have known that I could right. that, you know? It's almost, like, it's almost like you have to do a little bit of, like, an internship before you start. <laughs> I was like, wow, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, well, good for them. Like the more they know, the earlier, the better. Yeah, completely. So what does your day-to-day look like as someone who does this full time? Like I know you also do a lot of like appearances and panels and like brand collaborations. What does, you know, a work day look like for someone that's like at your level? Well, uh, you know, my camming my camming time has definitely reduced a lot. I don't have to spend as much time online as I've had to in the past because I've accumulated, you know, uh, or I've just kind of learned how to cam. So it it's good to just, how can I say, kind of allocate my time with cam versus all these other projects that I'm working on. Because um, it does take up a lot of time. Um, I guess I'll tell you, I'm actually releasing a podcast this month pretty soon. So I've been working on editing a lot of that. And sometimes it takes, it's like hours. I mean, you know, because you're probably going to have to <laughs> work on this. And I'm sure you're yeah. better people, right? So it's a lot of work, you know. Tons um, of work, yeah. And then you add traveling to the mix. Um, I mean, prior to the pandemic, oh my gosh, I was on the go, 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 go. Like traveling yeah. everywhere. And the thing... 
about when the pandemic hit that I was fortunate enough to like, okay, already kind of have experience and background in working from home because that's literally what I did. I was at home, like I can be in the house for a long time before, I mean, I'll go check the mail or something, but I can literally be in my house for weeks and, you know, I'm not going stir crazy. Completely. You were very (laughs) equipped to handle the pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. You know, thanks to coming. Um, But yeah, I forgot what the initial question is, but (laughs) we got somewhere. So how, how long is like, how long on average are you like camming for at at, at, at one time? Um, I think yesterday I went to look at the the amount of spent on time. The amount of time I spent online last night was two hours, maybe. Okay. Um, whenever I was like working all the time, I think the most amount of hours that I worked in one week was like ninety hours. Wow. Um, and yeah, that, that was a really intense week. I remember I got really sick like the next week after. And I think it was just like from exhaustion. Absolutely. Because, yeah. Cause I, I kind of, I would sometimes pull like, okay, like 80 hour, like however long I, had, I was, I would be working. Like sometimes the shifts would be like 12 hour shifts or like eight hour shifts. And they're long, they're really long. And I learned from that to kind of like, pace myself a little bit more yeah it's it's so much but at the same time having that drive does like you know build your brand and your platform more completely so I mean and the thing too is it's like I'm sure it's one of those things too where the money kind of gets you know what I mean in your head you're like I need to make more money I need to make money I need to keep working and blah 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 (laughs) and it kind of gets to you and I think there are a lot of people who probably think like oh yeah it's like you know it's 90 hours but you're at home you're not living like physical labor but it is so exhausting to have to be on you know like Mm -hmm. your personality to have to like be on all the time and essentially be like you know entertaining or cultivating relationships or like talking Mm -hmm. or being like happy and like excited it's just it's it's a lot. Yeah. takes so much out of you. And to have to do that, like a 90 hour week of being on sounds so exhausting. Do you do camming too? So I don't, I'm just on OnlyFans now, but even like if I do, for example, like, you know, a, a two hour like live stream through the OnlyFans platform, I notice it's like, you know, two hours of just like, you know, I'm technically like in my room. Yes. I'm comfortable. Yes. But also it's like, I'll finish that two hours and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm beat. Yeah. Yeah. And some, I don't know how it gets messy, like around like having a water bottle or like a lip gloss. I don't know. I don't know how it gets messy. I'm the same way. (laughs) Yes. I'll finish. And it's not like you just close your computer and go to like, I I have shit everywhere. There's shit all over the bedroom. It's insane. Yes. Yes. So like you kind of know, and you know, there's some points where like, I mean, sure you can make yourself comfortable in your vicinity, but I don't know about you, but like, at the very beginning, I always remember like my elbows hurting because I would be yeah. on the a lot. And like I kind of transferred. Sometimes I'll work on the bed still, but I'll be sitting down on the chair. I'll have to get up and kind of move my position because it does get uncomfortable. Like being. It does. And my knees are not what they used to be, honestly. It's like if I'm on my, if I'm like sitting like on my knees on my butt for too long, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it's the worst. Yeah. Oh my God. I feel you. I, we can totally relate with that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess just to just to finish it out, I would love to know, like, so let's say someone wants to start camming, right? They have no experience. They don't really know where to start. Like, 
what what's some initial advice like what how do they what's the best what's the best thing to do like for somebody who's totally new and is like I just need to know kind of like first steps Mm -hmm. you know what this just kind of came to my head but I think the kind of advice I would give myself back then is write the things down that you like write your no list write your like or you don't even have to write them down think about them just think about what your boundaries are as well and sticking to your ground when it comes to camming there's a lot more control that you have um that a lot of other sectors of the adult industry does not have. So take advantage of the control that you have and do things yes. that you come, you are comfortable with and that you like. That makes That's total sense. Because I feel like a lot of times it's so easy to kind of get like boundaries pushed or to feel pressure, you know, or to give in if it comes to like, you know, a certain amount of money. So that makes so much sense that it would be like set your boundaries ahead of time while you're still kind of like, you know, not in the thick of it and comfortable. And then you can always look back at it and be like, you know, this is, these were my boundaries. Like, this is what I'm sticking with. Exactly. Cause when you do look back on it, like some, there's some people that look back and they do regret some of the things that they, they shot and it's it's forever going to be on the internet just because somebody told them to do it. Completely. Yeah. That makes total sense. And it feels like too, a big thing is like, read your contracts, don't sign anything unless you have thoroughly read it. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, negotiate, go back and forth if you have to. Go back and forth. Yeah. I think a lot of times people too, especially women, we tend to forget our worth and realize that this is a two-way street. Like it's not just like you're getting money. Like you're also giving something. Like you are just as valuable of an asset. It's a two-way street. You are giving just as much as you are receiving. Yes. If anything, like the the performer is the most valuable asset. uh, Exactly. And And I understanding that. Yes. Mm -hmm. amazing Ah. well thank you so much for taking the time to chat and go through everything you know and explain these things I think this is such an amazing episode and just like you know sheds light on so many different topics that we covered and I think so many people are kind of like unaware of the nitty-gritty and like you know how these things work kind of behind the camera so I'm just I'm so excited for this you know thank you so much I'm really really glad that you found me and that you reached out um and that we had this conversation because I feel like it was definitely a different kind of interview in the sense that I got to talk a a lot better about the industry, but also kind of just give some more, like you said, like BTS behind the scenes about it. And you asked some really amazing questions. You're, you're really great. Thank you. Thank you so much again. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.